You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lafondra looking to get side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. With every high, there has to be a low with Reading FC. And yesterday was that low after the midweek high. Hi, hello, and welcome to the Amber Rose podcast, supported by Blue Cross Street Food. I'm Alex, your host today. I've been joined by Paul to discuss a fairly miserable 1-0 defeat against Port Vale yesterday. Paul, how are you doing this morning? Uh, I'm okay. I had an absolutely chaotic um, morning. Everything that went wrong could possibly go wrong. Uh, had a bit of a Lansley, which I'm sure we'll go into in a moment. But, oh, dear me, yesterday was shockingly bad. Shockingly bad. I mean, oh, dear. I, I could do a three-hour pod on that all on my own, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah, we don't quite have time for a three-hour pod, but um, one person who was waiting around for three hours yesterday was Matt Lansley, who's also joining us. How, how are you this morning, Matt? Thanks. Thanks for reminding me. Um, yeah, it's uh, just everything that could have gone wrong yesterday, I think, did end up going wrong. Um, the only s- seeming silver lining was that it saved me a journey all the way up to Port Vale. Um, but, um, but yeah, this morning's gone better than yesterday morning so far, anyway, touch wood. Yes, your uh, flat tyre was surprisingly less deflated than Reading FC, so... It wasn't quite uh, wasn't quite the worst result for you in the end yesterday, not being able to make the game, I'll be honest. Let's jump straight into it, though, um, because it's a, it's miserable, honestly. It's miserable supporting Reading currently. 15 games now in the league without a win. Paul, I think there was a lot of talk yesterday before the game around the selection of the team and how... Sellers was going to have selection issues and, and maybe have to make changes after such a good performance in midweek. And we saw the team obviously on the on the way in and the team was almost identical to last week. In fact, I'm not even sure there was any changes off the top of my head. No, there was one change. There was David Button. He came Oh, in, sorry, of course. Yeah, David Button yeah, came in. Yeah, safe hands. And um uh, it was 
I was a little bit surprised that it wasn't any changes after we did so well in the week. But you think, okay, we didn't play terribly against Peterborough. Um, we'll see how it goes. I'm not going to say that I thought it was, you know, dramatically wrong when I saw it because I didn't. No, I, I think it's, it's fair. Like I would have expected maybe to see one or two who performed well in the week. I thought Binden, like he's made the bench yesterday, granted, but like thought Kamara maybe deserved to start after midweek. You know, and I thought perhaps Michael Craig might push his way in, or Rashisha might be able to start, or, or something. I'm all, I thought there might be something, but I would have liked to see Abby, but he wasn't even on the bench, so I'm assuming he's injured. So, because, you know, we'll come on to the defence later, but I think he might have been uh, very useful to have yesterday. Yeah, um, I think Abby was the one which people really were pushing for. And given the kind of state of the Reading FC defence at the minute, I, you can see why. Um, Matt, I don't actually know what minute you turned it on, in all honesty, but I can tell you that the first moment of the game was the Nesta Guinness-Walker penalty. And actually, again, for the first... 15 to 20 minutes, Reading were the better side by far. I mean, we were watching it in the ground in the away end. And I said, I said to I said to Dave, who we were with, about the fact that there is you could see the clear level between the teams. The technical ability of Reading compared to the first compared to Port Vale for that first 15 minutes was like night and day. And it, you could see there was there was visible nerves from the Port Vale players in every time Reading were trying to push forwards. Um yeah, um, I didn't see much of the early part. I literally, just j- j- just to answer your question, I literally got the game on as Andy Carroll was stepping up for the penalty. So so the first bit I saw, I, like, I've literally only just seen the run from Nesta Guinness-Walker, which is, a well, it's a bit of a bundling run, isn't it? I mean, he gets a bit lucky on, he, he tries to play it infield and it just ends up going through a few legs and he picks it back up. But, I mean, it's what Guinness-Walker can do high up the field. Um, it's what we keep kind of talking about, I guess, with him being so much better going forwards. And I think we're all in this big conundrum with Guinness Walker about do do you do you actually try and make the switch of moving him further forwards? Because I think as again we'll talk about later defensively, he's he's all at sea. But the amount of times and I mean th- this must be his I, I think it's about his fourth penalty or so that he's actually won for Reading. Yeah, I can remember at least two more. Yeah. And you, you kind of look at that and you look at kind of his ability on that side of things. And his it, it, cross, crossing's a bit hit and miss. But I mean, if he, if he can do a bit more work on that side, you might think he might be a you know, better option to have high up the pitch. And especially if you can play a, a high pressing sort of um, tactic, you would have thought that sort of player higher up might be quite a good option to have. It's a bit like, it's a bit like Jordan Abita from years ago, but just kind of in reverse, you know, when everyone was kind of, Saying, oh, he should be moved back from from wing. You know, Walker, I think you, you can. Yes, that's I think that's quite a good comparison, actually, Jordan Mabita. Um, but obviously in reverse. Um, yeah, I think that makes sense, and I don't disagree. I think at this point you, we can see that Nesting and his Walker is a reasonably good attacking player. You could, obviously, people have his thoughts on on his delivery and his crossing, but he does offer something going forward. He can beat a man. He does. He can win the ball high up the pitch. It, it wouldn't. Be necessarily the worst option, I think, to have him playing at that like left wing role. Um, Paul, the penalty itself wasn't very good. I mean, let's get out of the way here now. Yes, the goalkeeper was off his line. Yes, there was players in the box from Paul Bell's point of view. 
but it still wasn't a very good penalty. Any penalty that doesn't go in is a shit one, isn't it? You know, this is the reality. If the goalkeeper does go the other way, he goes in, I'm assuming. Um, kind of summed up the day, and, and that was kind of like the end of it for us, wasn't it? I mean, we can come on to like Andy Carroll. I mean, it was Andy Carroll's best moment, and it was a missed penalty. It was his only moment. He was, he, I don't know what was worse yesterday, his inflated ego of himself and his ability, thinking he was actually 15 years younger than what he was, or his actual football ability when he was actually playing, because he was shockingly bad. He had nothing in attack, had nothing defensively. He couldn't pass the ball. He couldn't shoot. He couldn't run. Apart from that, he had an absolute blinder. Um, he completely it's, kills the team. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not a fan. I mean, I'd love to see him come on as a bench, but yesterday it was embarrassingly bad. He was he got absolutely bullied by their defender, who absolutely created the Port Vale fan who came on to our preview predicted, and he fell right into the trap, Alex, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, as Matt was speaking to the to the uh, AL and the Bell on on Thursday. He said, oh, Smith is going to like pinch him. He's going to bully him. He's going to drag him around the entire game. And he did. And all Carroll did the entire game, he didn't try and adapt his game. He didn't try and move away from the defender, make a run, make a move away from him. All he did was just let himself be bullied and push, get pushed to the floor. That was it. Didn't win a header against him. Didn't ever hold the ball up against him. It, honestly, it was. it's probably one of the worst performances I can remember from a supposed senior striker. I, I think it was genuinely awful a, pro probably a two out of ten kind of performance you you can make or, or, well you can you can make the excuse or like i'm sure carol and you know sellers might look at that and look at the highlights and you know because smith should have been pulled up by the ref on multiple times because there was multiple occasions where, where where smith kind of overstepped the line i mean standing like literally blocking standing in front like holding bear hugging he was doing the lot but Carroll's got to have like you know a bit of intuition about his game like say the fact that he did not change a thing about it and he just kept doing the exact same almost thinking that the ref is going to start you know changing what 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 he was you know yeah, already giving. Confused me. once once Carroll's been brought down three four five times and he hasn't won a free kick or a penalty or anything from it why are you still trying to just beat the player in the same way you haven't beaten him in the air and you've let him just basically drag him to the ground you've seen the referee's not going to give you anything why not try and change it? Move away. Make a run. Do something to try and change what you're doing. Um, the, the fact that he was, you know, still on the field at the end of the game is honestly baffling to me. Well, it's just like the the fact that you can have a 30, was he 34-year-old former English professional, you know, hundreds of games in the Premier League to lack that intelligence in a League One clash is really, really worrying. You know, you, you like, like, like I, I get it. He would have been frustrated. I would have been frustrated if I was in his shoes. You know, I'd have been really frustrated. I might have even actually probably done something worse than he. I might have ended up losing my head because it was like, like I say, at times it was a bit, a bit of a joke. But you one hundred percent would have lost your head. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 like, I'm not professional football at the end of the day. But like, he, he, he should have, like, how you can just keep doing that time and time and time and time again running into him, just letting him bear hug you, you know, just move away. Just uh, like, it, it, like, and I, I get, he'll probably say that Smith was following him as well. I mean, there was a game last year where Neil Warnock, I can't remember what, what defender it was. It was against Borough. He literally marked Chibrat Akpom out of the game. He, he followed him around the entire pitch. That was the exact same with Smith yesterday. 
wherever Carroll went, Smith went. Sometimes he was playing left wing, seemingly um, Smith, because that's where Carroll was. And he, he, he did not leave his side like for the entire 90 minutes. It was quite amusing, like as, as frustrating as it was to watch, it was quite amusing at the same time. It, yeah, I think there's definitely the relatively obvious excuse that the referee wasn't good yesterday, but it, I don't think it changed, you know, it didn't change, it doesn't change any of the, the excuse of the performance, particularly overall. You've, you've, you've um, got to find a way to beat that if you're Carroll. Like, like, like the, the referee excuse whole, only goes the whole so team, far. right? Has to find a way to, to play around that. It, uh, it's not a reasonable excuse in, in this situation to, to just blame the referee. Yeah, that's the reason you... we lost. It was because we no, were absolutely exactly. higher. Yeah. And Paul Vell deserved to win that game by more than one goal. And I mean, they, they did score in the first half ball with the offside goal. Um, the, the ball comes out from a corner, kind of gets cleared, cleared first time, but gets crossed back in. I'm not quite sure. I think, it, to be honest, I watched the replay this morning and I think Yedom actually wins this header and he nods it back across the penalty area for some reason. I, originally, I thought oh, it must have been the poor Bale player who's won it and nodded back across the area. Pretty good header. But actually, Yedom gets higher than him and it looks like he wins the header and heads it back across the area into the path of the oncoming poor Bale player who basically just takes it down and finishes it first time past David Button. And it's given offside, but I think it looks incredibly close to not being offside. It's, it's hard to tell, isn't it, really? It is really close. Um, it would be more classic way for us to actually concede a goal, though, wouldn't it? I don't think we've quite managed that one yet, actually heading it back to the attacker and they're onside. That would be... I mean, we've managed to tick off most of the stupidity of defending, you know, ridiculous offsides, uh, terrible tackles, almost tackling each other, uh, falling over... Um, why not add another one? I mean, we say this, but actually, there's still a whole 44 games left. So I, I think we could manage to do something even more ludicrous defensively if we stick with this back four. Because this back four is... I can't face it anymore. I just cannot face it. It is so bad. Yeah. Uh, let, I mean, let's discuss the back four because it's it's clearly like a... It's such a big issue. The second half was just beyond ridiculous how poor it was. Um, and, I mean, we, we discussed it a bit in pre-season amongst ourselves, but Tom Holmes, is, I think he's just, his head is done. Like, he's confidence-wise, he just looks completely shot every single time he takes, takes, the foot, takes the foot on the football field. And yesterday was just ridiculous. He just gets ran around by every single man. Every time the ball comes along, he's looking over to the linesman to check if the guy's offside. And then by that point, the Port Vale player's managed to take the ball off him because he hasn't gone for the ball first. I mean, Yedom is part of a defence now, which has shipped, what, 200 goals in three years. And he's, you know, a captain and a mainstay. Like, McIntyre yeah, got a lot of stick yesterday. I think he's okay, but alongside Holmes, it's a disaster waiting to happen. Um, I, I, mean, I thought T Mac was actually okay yesterday. He was one player that didn't get bullied. That's for certain. I think he he puts in a lot of last ditch tackles, um, uh, and he looks okay on the ball, or better on the ball than Holmes. But he was glorious. I'm not saying that, but I don't think he was shocking yesterday at all. Yeah, I, I'm not sure justifies him being in the in in the first eleven necessarily, but I think he was probably better than Holmes. That that's probably where my my head is at with him at the minute. And we, we, we're talking about the lowest of low bars here because, uh, like, I mean, yeah, 
like 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 you talk you well like like yesterday carol will get so much stick rightly so for his performance yesterday but so like so much i think of the other pitfalls of this team will get overlooked because of that and and it's i don't think it's just the defense it's it's just all the senior players from 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 the last last year last year and a half of just this constant I don't even know what you can call it. Just everything around the club that that has happened, that like those senior uh, players. Everybody seems to just have the mindset, like the, the the pros or the senior players seem to have the same mindset they had six, eight, ten months ago. The fact of we're a losing team and we're just not very good. Yeah, like like, and it, it's just got to the point now where like you know you you're going to places like Port Vale away, and I mean. All credit in the world to Port Vale. You know we're rightfully in the same 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 division. You know, but the, but this is a team that was tipped by a lot of people for relegation this year. You know, and you're going away to them. And if you check the bookies before, Port Vale were favourites. Port Vale were favourites, and that's where this that that's the level of this team now. This Reading team, you know, like like that they, they, they this team should be under no illusion, and the Reading fan base should be under no illusion of where we are as a club. You know. It's it's absolutely. It's, it's what's your back four on Tuesday, Matt? Back for what? Who do I select? Hmm. Um, Assuming I, I, I kind of assume that Abby must be injured because he wasn't on the bench yesterday. Sellers so uh, Sellers said that he wasn't. Sellers said that he wasn't after the game, which is even more baffling. Um, I don't know whether or not it, maybe they're looking to him to more kind of develop in the under twenty ones or something. Maybe I don't know, but he said that he he said that they they were available. Um, they just had to make some decisions, which is is a bit baffling, kind of as you say. Because, I mean, the back four for me on on Tuesday, I, I'm I, I'm changing I'm changing the entire back. I, no, I'm changing the entire back five. Like I I'm so done. I, I've seen one game of Button, and I've seen enough. I've seen enough before it even having, comes to this. Haven't got on the Button. But let, yeah, let, let's let's stick to the uh, defenders. Back four. Don't go the, off on the, a Button run. Yeah, you've got the, months to do that. <laughs> the, I, like I mean, I, well. This is assuming this is assuming Mbengue's back fit. Mbengue goes right back. Oh, I'm going to the back four of against Millwall. Um, apart from Harley Dean for um, uh, Bind, uh, Binden, just j- just for the experience in there because like, I'm just so done with seeing like a defensive year to McIntyre, um, Holmes, Guinness Walker. Um, yeah, you know, it's just I I I can't stomach seeing this this back four and more they are so genuinely puts me off going to watch reading at the minute that's how bad it is like i i i just like i i look at them and i I mean holmes and mcintyre reading reading born reading lads and they literally like to to be honest i don't i don't blame them for getting to the point of not giving a shit anymore because they've been part of this atrociously run atrociously both, both of them probably need it for their own career Right at this point, both and probably need to move on, find a new club, and like reset them, mm-hmm. reset their own career. Uh, and I don't think it's like it. I don't think they would necessarily disagree with that at this point because they've been, mm-hmm. as you say, part of a part of a club which has just seen a downward spiral for five years, six years. So both of them could use just a move away and a reset completely. Um, when we were currently um, in our run, longest run of no wins in the club's history in the league. I mean, exactly. when it gets when people say, "Oh, you know, you got to take the good times and the bad times," this is the worst. Good times. <laughs> this, this is there like there isn't any good times. Just... 
Yeah, for amount of wins, it's actually the worst. We have been in the lower league than this, but oh my god, it is terrible. Absolutely, well, see, I, I, I think it's six points from. Would it be forty-five now? I think six points from forty-five in the league. I've given up counting. It's not fun it's, to count anymore. So well, we, we, um, we can count on one hand with the points. <laughs> let, let, let's talk about. You got six fingers. He's a spinning fan. Um, yeah, let's talk about the goal because it is this just laughable. <laughs> Honestly, the, the amount of um, mistakes and bad luck and just general hilarity is, is comical. Yeadon fouls a player right about out on the right hand side, and the referee gives an advantage. Amazingly, gives a, a foul for maybe the first time of the day. Um, there's a there's shot blocked in the centre by Lewis Wing, who uh, I've watched the highlights, and he it's amazing how deep he plays. He plays literally right outside our own penalty area when we haven't got the ball. Um, Holmes kind of like throws his foot into the air to try and win the ball off of the Port Vale player for some reason. Not really sure what the reason is because he's never going to get to the ball. Um, the ball's like way up in the air. And I don't know whether this puts off McIntyre and Hutchinson, but they both managed to get in each other's way. So neither of them really kind of commits trying to win the ball because they don't want to foul the Port Vale player and they just get in each other's way. The ball bobbles up to another Port Vale player who spins round, shoots, bounces off of Carson and into the like up and over button and into the into the net. And like I think the way I've described it there is Essentially, every single defender there has been part of it, and yet Reading have still conceded a goal which has deflected up and over the goalkeeper. And it's just you look at it as on the replay, and I'm just like, I just don't. How do you deal with this? Like, how do you stop the defence having moments like that? I just don't get what you're meant to do, Paul. Get you get rid of them. Yeah, you get rid of them and you bring in new defenders. How many times have we seen this? How many times have you said, Alex or Paul, on this podcast, you, you, like, like, why is Holmes dashing out there or why is Holmes trying to do that? You know, there, there is a big crux of this problem and it's the players that are in that team. You know, they, 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 like, Reading's troubles do not go away until that's changed, until that personnel is gone, you know? It's some people could say, you know, the coaching last year was, was non-existent and that's a fair point. But like it's, there, there is an element of of just sheer bad luck there. But I mean, Paul, you, you, you make your own luck at the end of the day. We don't have any luck. We don't deserve any luck at the moment because we've just been so bad. I can't disagree with anything there. Um, nothing's going to change with the team until in the defense until you say at least three quarters of those are gone or maybe one of them you can salvage because you got three new players in there but oh my god just watching them and knowing that in all probability they'll be there again against Cheltenham who haven't won a game this season obviously they're coming to the Medeski um I think we can all predict how that's going to go but defensively, that was shockingly bad, the goal. I mean, it, it was comedy capers FC again, and getting in the way of each other. Tom Holmes originally, which is now, is like you've said, Alex, his new habit of letting the ball go past him, then looking to see if there's an offside. But actually, by that point, the attacker's well ahead of him. 
he's just he's he is painful watching him because I don't think there's a ter- I don't think I don't think there's a, like a really bad player in it. I think there is a better than where he is, but his just confidence is just so bad. I mean, when he's trying to pass the ball, he's taking so long, and it's killing any momentum in the team. And, and it's you just I mean, the red fans at the end. Yes. The red fans at the end yesterday, once we were one 0 down, you could hear the frustration in the crowd of how slow the defense was to get rid of the ball, and every time Holmes touched the ball with what 10 minutes to go we stopped and you could there was a point where we was i mean we were stood right behind it nibs has five yards of space all around him and you're waiting and you're waiting waiting for him to put someone to pass the ball to him and then they play it to nibs by the time it's played to him it's too late because there's a player marking him and it's just honestly how 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 many times how many times did we see that last season under under ints and people well no because we knocked it long every time (laughs) well what were you but but like that there there was multiple times when when it was before we'd knock it long and it was like um, it was the birmingham game at the end that that, that was you know one of the the prime examples and again it comes back to the players that are playing there you know and, and it's there was a comment we got on EPI yesterday after the game, which is basically, if you're this bad at football, you at least have to have some heart and some fight. And Paul, that's, that is really the crux of it. Because yesterday, again, yes, we weren't very good. But by the end of the game, it didn't even look like we were trying. I know we hit the bar from like wings cross, you know, a cross kind of shot, but it's irrelevant really, isn't it? Because we haven't actually put it in the net and he's not trying to do that. Um, but we haven't, we haven't created a shot. We haven't actually even got the ball into the box, really, once we went 1-0 down. There's no speed. There's no desire. And there's like, it's just such a lack of fight for a team which is 1-0 down. And as I can't remember who said it, um, but it was such a, a comment that we hit home. That if you're, if you're going to play that badly, at least play with a bit of kind of, you know, fight and heart. I think this is the, the biggest worry about yesterday obviously we have lost all those games on the trot which i mentioned earlier and that's going to affect all the confidence of because we've still got a lot of players from last season but it i don't know what was going on for those last 10 15 minutes just nothing just pass it sideways getting outrun outfought there was no innovation there was no desire and for a fan, that is just deflating seeing that time after time. And it wasn't all just about yesterday, the booing at the end, which I didn't do, but I totally understand why people did it. It's a culmination, isn't it? And who knows, it might not be the culmination because it could get even worse on Tuesday. But to see it and witness it repeatedly and it just get actually worse because we're now in League One against Port Vale, I mean... You know, it's nothing against them. They deserve to win. But as a Reading fan, we're used to 20 years in the championship. And this is how bad it's got. And I just want to say that whatever we can say about the team, whatever we can say about the owner, what's fucked us up is that fucking owner. He is an absolute fucking disgrace what he's done to the club. He's brought us down horrendously. He's killed can I, us. Can, and people can I just say, oh, what's that got to do with yesterday? What's got to do absolutely everything. We have no transfer fees for the last three years. We have no ability to get in any real decent players. We have multiple points deductions. We're in League One. It all culminates with him. 
And if you want someone to get rid of, it has to be him. And we can talk about the defence, but that's because we can't buy anyone better. That's why. And at some point, people are going to rise up to this and realise how bad the situation is. And I know you don't want to, because it's so hard with your own club to witness this. But he is the problem above anything else. So I just had to say that. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. No, I think I, I think it's completely fair enough. You know, we, we, we've talked about it at length about Dai, you know, and, and, and ultimately how he's got you know, this club to where, where it is. And, you know, we talk about the, the, the mental, you know, stability pretty much of, of everyone in, in this team. So much of it comes back to Dai. But kind of what, what, one thing that really, really baffles my mind, because, like, I mean, we spoke about this against Peterborough. We're speaking about it against A about the fact that this team had this good 20-minute spell, good first half, etc. You know, they come out, they they looked okay. How do you go from that to then, you know, the complete, I mean, Paul mentioned it, the lack of, you know, passion and kind of, you know, willingness to kind of run. How do you switch from that first half to that second half, Alex? Because we, we're a, seeing this time. It's a massive lack of fitness, isn't it? It's a huge lack of fitness. You can, I, I think the players would... And it's not all of the players who necessarily have got this lack of fitness, but it feels like once you get to 30, 35 minutes, because you lose the press, realistically, I'm talking about Carroll here, you lose the press from the front because Carroll can't manage more than 20 minutes of this, this pressing game. You lose it from the front, and ultimately there's no... Once you lose that high press at the front of the field, it's just kind of like we, your system has died, and you're basically just playing with not no system, but you're not playing to a, a tactic that you really are trying to play to. Um, and, and the only, I mean, realistically, the only way you're going to change that is by having either fitter players or different players. And we're not going to get fitter players by Tuesday night. So uh, it's, there's only really the, one. The, the, the existing players aren't going to get fitter either because you're in the season now either. So no, it's, exactly. Yes. It's not, it's not something you can fix in, in, you know, in one week or two weeks, it's going to take a long time for that to change. And, I mean, we've discussed obviously the fact that you need patience with this because it's not going to be a quick turnaround, et cetera, et cetera. But there has to be an element of Reading Man to be able to see something. And yes, we've seen 15 minutes or 20 minutes at the start of both the league games. But I mean, what have we had? One shot on target in the game against Port Vale yesterday. That is, it's just, that's not good enough in any way. Which, like, which in, any, in any world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, like I think I think we all kind of thought that like we'd see the best of this team after what was it like three three weeks we were saying you know, but I guess it's one thing actually saying it. <laughs> three to six weeks, hopefully. But I mean, we're we're talking like a, it could be longer. We and we haven't really discussed Sellers yet. Um, yesterday or Button. Let's discuss Button very quickly because I. God. doesn't inspire me with confidence Matt give me like 30 seconds on the button because it's obviously going to come up multiple times this season so 
Yeah, I mean, my 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 opinions of Joe Lumley last season were, were well documented. Um, when I'm thinking that we found a keeper worse than than Joe Lumley, I think that says everything you need to say. Um, I mean, there was multiple times where where a, a shot even came straight at him, and he couldn't even take it into his chest. I mean, you're a fucking goalkeeper for Christ's sake. That is literally 101 of your job. Uh, like, I'm, that, that's not even getting onto the point of saving a shot. And you can't even bring it in. I yeah, like I, I I I hated it when we were linked with him. I hated it even more when we did decide to to go for him. I, I don't know what Bowen and Carey are kind of looking for in goalkeepers, but Christ alive. They it someone feels like we've basically gone fishing for anybody we can get hold of for one year because they've decided as a club that Boyce Clark and Andreasen aren't yet ready. And I think that the, fan, <laughs> it's, the it's difference between the fan base opinion and the club's opinion are very, very clear. I like I I I just can't believe that how they think that Button is a better option than Andreasen. I mean, Bazanis is probably a better option than Button at this point. And we all know what our opinions on Bazanis is as a fan base. You know, I I just I I can't understand it. I really can't. And uh, I mean. Uh, I hope I'm eating my words in in you know five six weeks a couple of months or so, but I I, I really I I think it's a pretty safe bet to think that he's he's not going to make anyone eat his words. Remain to be impressed. Basically, let's look at some questions that we got sent in, Matt, from yesterday. Um, Gary says, "Do the senior players deserve a place in the team?" Holmes, Yedum, Carroll, and Hutchinson were awful today. Yeah, we 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 touched on this earlier. No. You know, quite frankly, um, I mean, Hutchinson is someone that we haven't even touched on yet. And he was shocking yesterday and he wasn't great against Peterborough either. You know, I, I, I just I don't see what, what he adds to this team. And he's another one of those, you know, old heads that's he's especially only in one field. Sorry, especially in central midfield. If you're going to play a, a, t- uh, a type of football that relies on you being very quick to the ball, very fast to win the ball back. Play players who will rush after the ball and want to win the ball back immediately. Uh, you know, you've got players like Rashisha, Michael Craig, you know, even Savage to an extent um, who want to play like that. And we did see them play like that against Millwall. Like, why, why we're playing someone in Hutchinson who's there is almost like a, a stopper rather than a chaser. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't get it. But it doesn't make sense to me. I would, to be honest, if. If it was me in charge for Tuesday, I wouldn't have any of those four in the team on Tuesday no. quite happily because it, no. there's like we as we've discussed, um, it's been fifteen games and those four have played. I mean, Hutchinson hasn't played in the majority, but they've all been around the squad now for you know a year plus, and it's been a miserable watch the entire time. I never, I never really understood all the kind of hype and kind of pe- people talking at Hutchinson last season just because he was playing in in a what was a winning team there in inverted commas. The team was still playing utter dog shit when he was in the team, you know. Um, but I like how Rashisha doesn't get in over him. I don't know, you know, you just like, for like, energy more than anything. Yeah, and this is the thing which I like. We I, I did see like there was a bit of discourse around Anacara on Twitter around like we don't have any be- anybody better, but. To me, if you're going to play this style of system, it's almost a case of like there's no there's no point in playing somebody who doesn't fit the style of system because you're actually harming yourself more than anything. Even if you're playing somebody of a higher quality, 
you're playing with 10 men at the end of the day you play you play with 10 10 men if you play with you know someone who doesn't fit that system you know so woefully doesn't fit that system like andy carroll no it's you know? carroll or hutchinson or, or any of them if they yeah. don't fit the system it's it's a it, it you just mm -hmm. you lose so much of what you're trying to do um and it, it just makes so, such little sense to me um to do that I just realised um, we haven't even touched on Aziz either, but we'll we'll move on before. I we was just about to come to Aziz because Reg <laughs> Reg has uh, um, sent us a question: Is Femi actually a professional footballer? And I saw people commenting yesterday about the fact how he might be one of the most overhyped players we've had. Oh, in the last, don't, don't even get know, me started on him. Years. Oh, I mean, I'll touch on it. He's he's got a technical ability, right? But. Does he? <laughs> he, he, he? I think he has technical ability, but it's it's so difficult to think that he's ever going to do it at a level where it's consistent and he makes the right decision and it actually comes off. Because Can you then classify that as technical ability? Can you just classify that as luck? Technical ability, yeah. Well, maybe it's a different thing. He he can't put it together in a match. That's that is part of the issue, and it's very difficult to, to justify having him selected because you, I I don't know what he does. No one can tell me. I know I don't think any Reading fan really could tell you what what his one main attribute is. What's his thing that he's in the team for? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. I I like. I think the the only thing I can tell you that. That he that he does do is he runs runs direct at players, but usually that's because he's taken a twenty yard heavy touch in front of him and almost booted it out for a corner when he's supposed to be dribbling the ball. Like you know, I like I I, I think kind of going back to the statement from from um uh, from from Twitter. I mean, it, it's it's literally like he. I generally think he is one of the most overhyped players that we've we've probably had come. Through the academy, I think it's I mean, he's because lived he, off. he also was the only player who came through really in the ins mm -hmm. period, and it, it feels like we have. I mean, we haven't had to, but he's been overhyped because he's the only one who really ever emerged during that well, time. I, I I think a lot of it was as well because it, it, it was it was Paunovic he actually came through because that's it was the Paunovic season because that's when he 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 got his debut where he, I think he scored and then he scored a couple of games after and then he um, got injured and yeah really and then like, he got injured but he was filling the void of his uh, not his ease um no sorry yes everyone was like how do we replace this guy that has literally carried us for the last last year and everyone was hoping hoping that you know Aziz was going to be that guy. I think and massively inflated his actual ability because what was his, like, his, his injury after his first whatever it was four or five games kept him out for a few months made him a much better player i think in people's heads because of the fact that the first three four games he, he was good he was like this great player that he came in and played then he got injured didn't play for a while people were expecting him to come back and still do that and it, he never has he's never really pulled it together i think he's I don't even know if he's scored since those first couple of no, games when he played. He's, for he's not scored. He, he's not scored in about thirty games, or probably almost thirty-five, maybe now. You know, which I think says it all. And I, like, I'm not even sure if he would have popped an assist in that time either. You know, which like I kind of look at that and like people say that he had <clears throat> he had a good first few games. Did he actually? Because like like you look at kind of where he is now, it's it's no coincidence or like it's not a bout of luck that you know he is where he is now. It's yeah. Let's let's look at let's do a couple more questions here. So there's there's a couple here around uh, 
around Sellers. And Ali, Alison asks, um, do you think that Sellers should be under as much scrutiny as he is, or should we still be looking at this kind of early part of the season as like a settling in period? And I think we've discussed this previously around the fact that we do need patience with the team. And we do need um, to give it time because we all know that we're three, four, five weeks behind where we probably should have been during preseason because of the fact that Dai Yong obviously has screwed us with tax and just been completely behind the curve, basically. Um, and I think my, my opinion on this is that you have to have some kind of level of scrutiny on, on what Sellers is doing. The ideas he's got, I don't think are bad. And this kind of ties into another question that we've got with, with uh, Crazy asked around whether we play 4-2-2-2 four, four, two, 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 with an unathletic team, is it doomed to fail? Answer is yes. The ideas that Sellers has to play that aren't bad. But if you're going to play the wrong players in the system, it's irrelevant. You might as well not bother because yes, it's doomed to fail. So... I think he's going to get scrutiny against him very, very quickly if he continues to play players who don't fit his system because it makes the system look bad. It's about winning games at the end of the day, isn't it? You know, like like we we, we can all say that like that we've we're not going to see the best of this team for for you know three four weeks. You know, judge this team towards the end of August potentially. But I mean, you know, if you're losing in in the meantime all of your games, that's irrelevant. You know, at the end of the day, you've got to, you've still got to find a way to actually get results, and you know, because otherwise, you know, you're you're now not just putting, you know, your performances four six weeks behind the rest. You're then putting your points six four six weeks behind the rest. And if you're if you're then after, you know, dare I say it, six games with no points because you know you're letting the manager off saying that there was no preseason, etc. You, you then got to make up, you know, five six seven eight nine points, you know, to get out. Like it's so. Like I, I feel like I, I feel sorry for Sellers in this in this period, like because he's been utterly shafted by the people above him, and we've touched upon this many, many times. But you know, like, sh- should we be a bit easier on him, like t- to an extent? But that that has a that has a boundary, you know. You've still got. I mean, his answer yesterday around the fact that is is there going to be any new players before Tuesday? And he said, I, I mean, essentially, what he said is. I don't know because I don't know what the situation with the club is. It's beyond ridiculous. Like it's yeah. it's a joke. Um, well, we we we, we talked about fault, it so much. Clearly, but... Yeah, it's like like I I feel for any manager that has to come in and manage at this team this team at this point, you know, because it's such a broken ship by the people above them. And uh, we've said it so many times, you know, we, we've said it doesn't change until the players on the pitch go, but there's also one overriding factor at the very top, you know, that has probably more influence than anyone else around the whole situation and feel of the club until that man goes, you know, it's, again, it's not going to change. You still can have a manager that doesn't know where he stands transfer wise. You're going to have, you know, fans not knowing, you know, what's going to happen with the club nothing's going to change until that and that until that changes let's do one more question we have one from uh i think it's from thomas who asked basically around uh, what the reaction is after today's game and for me it's a i mean you look at tuesday night and all of a sudden reading versus cheltenham has become a really big like it's a really big game not for Must the fact win, that, you third know, game of the season would you say Mm, yeah, it's 
I hope not. But it, it's like it's not for the fact that it's a, like a six pointer. It's like a you know a relegation clash yet or anything. Because as you say, it's only the third game of the season. But it's it's a big game because at the moment it's like the club fan base is going to be on a knife edge straight away. If they don't perform on Tuesday night, people are just going to be done with it straight up for this season. People are people are over it. There is the patience is minuscule at this point. Um, and his his reaction, Matt, on Tuesday and what team he selects is is really, really, really going to get scrutinised. Hundred percent, you know. Like, and I do almost kind of hope that because on on the team selection at Port Vale, I can kind of understand that he didn't want to chuck the kids in straight away. And you you, you know you give you give the first team almost the the opportunity to stake their claims to the team because you say to them, look, those those guys have just put in one hell of a performance. If you now don't perform they will have your place. Well, they've now not performed on the weekend, you know, and you've now got these these young, hungry players seemingly chomping at the bit to now come into that team and take those places. You know, you, like, like we said, you look at the back four, all of them should be gone. You look at Carroll, should be out the team. Hutchinson, out the team. You know, that like the... the I mean, how... genuinely, I think you could make a case to make eight, maybe nine changes on Tuesday, and I don't think it would be unjustified. I, I I agree. I I completely agree. Like, like like I think the only ones that you can probably, you know, say probably have have a pass is probably you know Nibs and Savage, essentially. I think and, and, and okay, yeah. But those three, I would pick those three. Other than that, if all, if the rest of the players weren't playing on Tuesday, I wouldn't have an issue with it whatsoever. I think that that would be, yeah, it would be more than justified. Um, yeah. And Whether, like, I mean, I guess let's end it here, Matt. And how many changes do we make on Tuesday? I think realistically, it's probably going to be, I'd say five. I, I, I'd say realistically, I think it'd be five because I think anything more people might or you might then start saying it's reactionary. I know it's one thing for us to say that you know we'd make you know seven eight changes, but to ring them that that much, that's almost like a that really does scream a club in crisis, and I know we are. I think you're. But... I think you're hoping for far too many out of there. I reckon it's going to be. A, I reckon it'll be as low as three. Three. Mm. Oh God. Oh, well, actually, who who will those three be? Do you think? Um, I think Carroll won't start. I don't think Holmes will start. And maybe either McIntyre or Hutchinson, so that Wing can start. I'm not sure which. I think those three will will probably get. Hooked, because ultimately they're the most free senior in inverted commas. Knowing some of the players that you've left on there does not fill me with confidence, I have to say. Well, yeah, we'll see on Tuesday night, I guess, how how it goes. But it's a it's a, it is a key game on Tuesday because yesterday was it unacceptable is, is probably the only word really for it um, as a as a Reading fan, and it kind of just tops off where we are as a club right now that we've moved into this winless record of 15 games without a league win uh, league podcasts are well and truly back it has to be said the these depressing podcasts that we've got so accustomed to they are back <laughs> yeah and as i said after such a high in the mid in midweek this was the perfect come down for reading uh, at the weekend if you've enjoyed today's podcast for some god known reason um Drop us a five-star rating on iTunes or Spotify and a review. It would be most appreciated because, you know, there's got to be something to keep people going to 
want to watch Reading games and talk about Reading games, and that does help. Um, we'll be back after Tuesday's game against Cheltenham. Fingers crossed there's something positive to talk about um, because being negative all this time is, is just going to take its toll eventually, isn't it? Uh, we'll be back then. So speak to you all very soon. Cheers.